Good morning. My name is Brian. I am the student pastor here at the fellowship. Um, because of God's grace, they let me preach this morning, which is uh, before the Alabama game. That's God's grace. It had to be because I know if we lost, what you guys would have not shown me any mercy. So I'm thankful if we do lose, y'all can just text me because I cut my phone off anyway. It won't bother me. But thank you uh, for being here this morning. Um, I want to read a passage to you before we start that, that greatly impacted my life in John 16, 31 through 33. And this is Jesus talking. And he said, Jesus responded to him, do you now believe, indeed, an hour is coming, has come, when each of you will be scattered to his own home, and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the beautiful day we have. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you through song. Lord, help me this morning tell the story of how you worked in my life, how you wrote my story, how you are in charge, and how you will always get the glory in everything. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And we thank you for your son Jesus, for it's in his name we pray. Amen. So I think of life as a story because we, we do. That's it. We all have a story. Every single person in here has a story that keeps going and keeps going. And I think of that story as in chapters. Like I actually go into my notes on my iPhone uh, and write down the chapters that I think back in my life and think of, okay, this is, a, this is a catchy chapter name for this part in my life because now I'm not writing my story and we'll get to that. But in 2017, I think of my story. My story is God brought me here to the fellowship as a student pastor after a five-year break from student ministry. And this is what I consider my dream job. I love it. I actually, all the students, they're an amazing group of students. And for everybody that has worked with students, I know Jimbo, uh, Ben, Tim, several people in this room have worked with students. And you know what I'm talking about. And Lynn, who our campus pastor, has worked with students for many years. I have like the greatest parents on earth. And you may not understand that statement, but as a student pastor, like I, I tell my wife all the time, I was like, we have great parents. Like they understand me. I don't know if they understand me or if they just like, it's, there's no hope, just his ADD and he's off the wall. They are patient with me and they love me. And, and this just blows my mind. I'm not saying that all the years before I had, you know, awful parents. Okay, well... There are times. But I have learned so many things in 2017. God shaped me. Things that I can do to embarrass my teenage daughter. I've learned things like the whip thing and the nay-nay thing. I don't know how to do that, but I know how to embarrass my daughter with it because she'll say, Daddy, please don't do that from the stage. Because I go and speak at a lot of churches and a lot of middle schools and high schools. And when she's with me, I'm thinking, man, I have a teenage daughter. What can I do to embarrass her today? She loves it, I think. I think she loves it. But I think about, we all have this story, and I think about the truth that Jesus told us in this passage, a truth that changed my life. And not all stories are good stories in our life. There's many of you in this room, if not a big percentage of you, have dealt with loss this year. A lot of you have dealt with medical 
diagnosis that maybe you, you didn't expect hearing or somebody in your family had heard. Many of you have suffered breakups this year and it's been, it's been troubling. You, you have experienced moves this year. You, there's so many things in our stories that a lot of times we wake up and we're like, we feel like the walls are caving in and we feel like we're not in control and that panics us and then we start to try to get control and we get deeper into a big mess and we feel we can't fix it. Jesus said in this passage and our number two point, our point number one, I just want to let you know we all have a story, but number two, expect your story to have trouble. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. It's not a cruel thing that Jesus told. That is truth that Jesus told. A truth that changed my life. And I look back in my story and I think about I was raised by a mother. I was raised by a mother who had mental illness. I was raised by a mother who didn't want me. She tried to abort me twice. And she tried to murder me and my brother twice after we were born. A mother that battled mental illness, didn't want kids, didn't want in the marriage she was in. My father and mother argued all the time. The, mem- the earliest memory I have of me as a child is walking into a room where my dad had a gun held to the back of my mother's head because she had had an affair. Come to find out my brother wasn't his. My mother would put glass in our food. She would lock us in closets. She would do all these things because she suffered this mental illness. And there was a time I didn't have the mother. Like I tell students all the time, I don't care how many times you get grounded. I don't care how many times you get in trouble. Dear gosh, if you have a mother that does it, you will look back one day and think, oh my gosh, I had a mother that grounded me. Now that does not make sense right now because some of you are probably grounded. (laughs) I know it doesn't. But man, when you think about it, a mother that, that gets up and, and helps and her whole life is devoted to her, to her kids and, and her spouse and, and Christ's work in her life. That is the most beautiful gift that you could ever, ever imagine. If you have a wife like that, I cannot tell you how blessed you are. Do you have a wife that loves Christ, loves you, loves your kids? My mother... My mother took me to a foster home, and she didn't take me and my brother in. She just dropped us off on some steps and drove off. That was the mother that I was born with. And a lot of times in my life, I didn't think that was fair. There are times now I battle with it that this is not fair because I would see kids who had mothers who would drop them off at school, who had mothers that would take care of them, that had mothers that would be at their sporting events. Like when I go to sporting events with these students, like their moms are in the stand. They're crazy. Crazy, crazy mothers, man, I'm telling you. When I go to a Gavin's game, crazy I'm just kidding with me a little bit. But the thing about it is, is it's good. It's so awesome to see these parents and they post on social media and they put, they're proud of their kids and I never knew what that felt like. 
I love seeing it now. And I'm, when I got into uh, a point of trying to understand it, because my father was an alcoholic, he, he drank. Uh, waking up, he drunk. Go to bed, he was drunk. He drunk my whole life until I was 14 years old. And he was, he was sober one month before he passed away. And he died from all the damage that drinking and smoking had done to his body over the years. I was abused almost every single day from the time I can remember walking to the time about fifth, sixth grade. And I'm talking about abuse where they would throw me outside in, in freezing temperature with nothing but underclothes on. And they would let me back inside the house with just enough time to get myself ready to go to school. I didn't go to school to learn. I went to school to eat. I went to school to sleep. And, and because of the poverty, I didn't have the things, the things that everybody else had. I, I had to sneak to get soap. I didn't have a brush to comb my hair would wear the same clothes three, four, sometimes five days in a row because that's all we had. I didn't get new shoes, new pants, new shirts. My grandmother would slip in and get me the essentials that I needed. And I grew up angry. And I grew up mad. And by the time I got in the Navy, because I joined the Navy and, and I had moved on, I got in the Navy and I was searching for faith because everybody was trying to tell me. I tell you this much, I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in God because of the example that was set before me. Because I'm thinking, here I am. I got this crazy mother. I got an alcoholic father. I got bruises. I got scars on my body. And it's so much easier not to intervene in those things. It's just so much easier to talk about them. Like, hey, you know that early kid down there with the crazy mother and the alcoholic father? And then I would see the students that I'd go to, go to school with. And they went to church and I would see no difference. Which is why I try, try to tell our students all the time the importance of your story playing out in front of others. Is people need to see God in your story. And I got in the Navy and was searching for something real. And the Bible was the last thing that I got to. I'd went through so many other faiths and talked to so many other people. And the last thing I did was said, you know what? I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to read it from front to back and see if I believe in it. So I started out on this journey. And I got on this journey and I got all the way to John. Now I slept a lot. I'm going to be honest. I'm just telling you the truth. When telling your story, tell the truth. I slept a lot through Leviticus. Like I can't tell you but a couple of things in Deuteronomy that I remember from that day. Judges, I don't know how many they were. I don't even really know what they did. I'm still trying to learn that because when I was reading, and I would skip a little bit, like is like chapter 14 and through 19 really, and I would skip, you know, and that's just true. I'm just being honest. But I got to John. All the other faiths had not told me any truth of why. I went through the things I went through. Why did I have the mother who didn't want me? Why did I have the father who didn't want me? Why did I suffer the things that I suffered? No other faith gave me the truth. No other. And I searched all of them. And I get to John 16, 33. And Jesus Christ, right before I'd read, I was reading this, right before he was going to be crucified. Now, it blew my mind, first of all, that God, it just, I couldn't wrap my mind around, why does God love me so much that he sent his only son? I couldn't wrap my mind around that. 
I never experienced that kind of love. I didn't know what love was to begin with. But this kind of love blew my mind. And listen to what he says. When I got down to verse 33 and read, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Not that you maybe, not that you might, not that there's a 33.3% chance that you are going to. Jesus said, you will have suffering in this world. I remember going through trauma counseling and the trauma counselor said, hey, I want you to go up to the whiteboard. I want you to draw a timeline age 1 through 10, and I want you to write down the good memories, and we'll start there. And I couldn't think of one good memory to write on that board. I battled. When I was struggling with this, I battled with the fact of the anger I had towards God because I thought to myself, every, and it still happens today, we're never, never free from the enemy's attacks. It happens. Some of you, all of you in here, let me change that to all of you in here know that the enemy doesn't sleep. The enemy doesn't like us. The enemy has nothing good for us. He doesn't want us to happy. He doesn't want us to succeed in our relationships, in our marriages, at our homes, in our school, at our work. The enemy is constantly trying to destroy lives. And I couldn't wrap my mind around this because the enemy keeps beating in my head. Hey, Brian, guess what? You know what? Do you know that you will never in your entire life know what it feels like to have a mother say that she loves you? You're never going to understand or know what it feels like to have a father say he's proud of you. And I get angry in those times, and I think back to this. This is what brings me hope. This is the truth, the powerful truth that Jesus tells us in John, a truth that changed my life forever, a truth that gave me hope and understanding, a truth that showed me that my life did have purpose if that purpose was in Christ, a truth that showed me that if I gave my life to Christ, that I now have someone who knows my pain and my hurt. And I figured out, wait a minute, if I give my life to Christ he actually will understand my suffering. Because I started thinking, of, have you been betrayed? So has he. Have you been alone? So has he. Have you been abused? So has he. Have you been abandoned at times? So has he. Have you been accused of something that you didn't do? So is he. And the list keeps going on. If you ever had moments of anxiety where you felt like it was crippling, we're talking about Jesus who prayed in the garden the day before he was crucified and sweat drops of blood. We're talking about Jesus who asked his father, if there's any other way, can you let this cup pass from me? And I said, I want to follow that. Not that somehow he was going to erase all the things that happened to me because they had done happen. I still carry the scars on my body. But that now that Jesus would start writing my story because I was failing at it, man. I, my story was full of anger. My story was full of hurt. My story was full of revenge. I wanted my parents to suffer. I wanted my mom to suffer. Everything. It was just hate that bottled up inside of me. 
I knew the only way that hate could be fixed is through Jesus. And sure enough, I gave my life to him soon after I got out of the Navy and got married. We had a daughter and God called me into ministry and he called me into student ministry and I didn't have a clue why he was doing this because I thought, oh my goodness. I knew that there was some love that I had for students that, that I could identify with them because here's the thing. Students just want truth. It's a misconception out there now. Me and Lynn will talk about it all the time. There's a misconception out there that to get students into a church, you have to entertain them. We have to come up with the next biggest entertainment factor that we can come up with. And I always think of what Mark Dever said when he said, you win them with what you keep them with. So if we win them with entertainment, we got to keep them with entertainment. And I'm just not that creative. I'm really not. No, I don't have a creative bone in, in my body. I can't think. Look, I don't do the icebreakers on Wednesday night because I'm not good at it. Thank goodness we have Jimbo and Ben. They're, God has given them a talent to do it. And I just had to step away and say, God, you're writing their story. I want a chance for your story to shine in these students' lives with them too. The same with all of our adult leaders. God is writing their story. And in, in, in that story, he's using it to interact with these guys' story. And so I did student ministry for about eight years. And just being transparent with you, I stepped away from student ministry because I fell into the deepest depression that I'd ever felt, fell into. The depression where you don't want to get out of bed. The depression where you don't understand why. Because everything I'd went through as a child, I suppressed. And now everything was coming back up. And when it hit me, it hit me all at once. I started having nightmares. I started crying. I started thinking of, of, of the holidays were some of the worst because I would think, you know what? I miss my crazy mom. Or I, they, you know what? My mom and dad, they didn't get to see who I am because my mom was murdered when I was in the Navy. They murdered her and they laid her on railroad tracks. I never got to have a conversation. And people in the church, I know they meant well, but I, and I don't know if you've ever went through this, but I was, I, I just, I, I, I was just in a deep, crippling depression. And people would give advice like, hey, have you tried praying? Man, no. Have you read this piece of scripture? No, I never thought about all this. Of course I have. And I remember one day sitting in the midst when I stepped back and I didn't know a break from student ministry was going to be a five-year break from student ministry. But I looked back in that chapter of my life and God writing the story and it brought me back to John 16.33. I have told you these things so in me you may have peace. You will have suffering. And through that, I started a nonprofit. I thought to myself, how can I, the scars that I have, they have to count for something because God is writing my story. And anytime God is writing your story, He is going to get the glory in all of it. Whether we like it or not, God is going to get the glory. And we look back, you can look back, and in the end, I'll tie something in. Because when you look back, you can look at the. the, the God writing your story and how he just ties everything in. It may be year five, you're looking back at year one, and you're like, oh my gosh, I see why God did what he did. Anybody ever had a moment like that? You Raise your hand if you've had a moment like, oh my gosh, I see why God did what he did. So I started a nonprofit called Think to Change, which is what I do um, 
full-time outside of student ministry. And, and a lot of students you'll see have a shirt and it has the handprint on, on there with Think to Change. That's my nonprofit. I go around to middle schools and high schools and I talk about the things that happened to me. Now, it's not a Christian nonprofit because I had to be, be able to get into middle schools and high schools and I wanted to be able to tell students that they're not alone. And the ministry part of it starts after when I get the emails from students that ask, how did you survive what you went through? And I'm like, that's a good question. Here's the answer. I would not have survived my life, my depression, my anxiety, my hurt, the bullying, the poverty, everything that happened in my story, I would not be able to tell it to you today if God wouldn't have started being in charge of writing the chapters. Because students just want truth. Just tell me the truth and let me process it. And then I figured out they deal with the same hurts we do. I remember an adult when I was at a hotel and I was speaking the next day and he asked me, he's like, he asked me what I did, and are you speaking to students? Yeah, I'm speaking to students. And I was like, let me guess, I probably, you probably have to go through a lot of, uh, my boyfriend broke up with me, or my girlfriend broke up with me, yada, yada. He was mocking them, and it made me angry, because I'm like, why would you do that? Because their hurt's not your hurt. Hurt is hurt. And they just want to know, hey, everything's going to be okay. They look to mom and dad. They look to grandparents. And I pray mom and dad and grandparents point them to Jesus. Yeah, it's going to be okay. They just want to know truth. And I figured out, and I heard all excuses. Like at students, I try to teach students not to be offended because God's writing their story. But I, told, I teach them to be offended and people making excuses for them not being passionate about God or not being a passionate about something that God is writing in their life. I hear it all the time. When I go to churches and speak, not so much in schools, but when I go to churches, I hear it all the time. Here's what a youth pastor will say to me. Hey, Brian, I know you're speaking of that. You know how students are, and it just bothers me. I cringe when I hear that because I know what's coming up next. You know how students are. They have about 15, 20-minute attention span, and they're gone. That's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell, I'm telling you. And they'll say, well, you know, students all have ADD. My goodness, if you're around me for five minutes, you know, you, I guarantee you, I, there's people in this room that's been around me for five minutes that have walked off and said, gosh, he needs medication. <laughs> I, I promise you, one of you are in here. You might not be honest until the after, but I know you probably walked out. I know Tammy has. Tammy has to put up with me all the time. I guarantee this morning I came in and it was put it because of my 80 day paywall. Because they say because of my ADD. It's not true that they let me tell you, let me tell you how I was reminded of this truth and why I set out on this mission to help as many students as I could. I remember a student I had named Katie. And we all meet those people who talk so fast that you only understand like every third word that comes out of their mouth. It may be your friend, maybe your spouse. I don't know, but they talk so fast that you can't understand a word that they say. It's like Kayla Stone, when she gets really excited, I don't understand the thing the kid says. I just say, yeah, yeah. She might be saying, hey, I'm thinking about stealing my mom's car tonight and going, yeah. You go, Kayla. 
And, I'm, and so I, and here's the truth. I had a student like that named Katie, and she came into me one time into the room, and she said, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, Brian, guess what, guess what, guess what? Have you ever seen the movie Titanic? Oh, my gosh. Now, I don't know if anybody in here has ever seen the movie Titanic. But it's like three hours and 60 minutes long, right, which equals four hours. And when Katie was telling me this, I remember a story back when God's writing my story. I remember a story back when I went on a double date with a friend of mine. And his, the girls were like, hey, man, let's go see Titanic. I had not known anything about Titanic. I thought, well, how bad could this be? Because my bell brain thought, we go into a movie theater, we sit, ship hits the iceberg, boom, we're out of here, right? We're done. I get in the movie theater, man. I really had a crush on this girl, too, by the way. We get in the movie theater. 30 minutes into the movie, the ship hadn't even left the yard. 45 minutes, ship's still there. Hour, I start seeing this love story between uh, Jack and Jill or whatever the girl's name is in the movie. And an hour and ten minutes, the ship is out there, and they're on the brow of the ship. It's like an hour and a half has gone by, and I'm saying, the ship had, I hadn't even seen the iceberg. Hour and a half, no iceberg, no, no, no news of death or tragedy. And I see Jack and Jill, they're sitting on the, the front of the ship, and she's doing the whole, I'm king of the world. And I'm sitting there like, dear gosh, push this woman off this ship so I can go home. Not proud of the next thing that I've done, but it is part of my story. I looked at my friend, Kurt, and I said, Kurt, man, how long is this movie? And he's like, you don't know? I was like, no. He's like, man, this movie's like three hours long. And I'm like, what? Two hours and 22 minutes exactly, 25 minutes exactly into that movie because 25 is my favorite number and it's because of this not the most uh, decorated thing I did in my life I'm not proud of it but I looked at my friend Kurt and I was like Kurt this is what I'm going to do I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm not coming back (laughs) I get in my car I had $2 gas in my car. I'm broke because we had done with the Taco Bell back when tacos were 50 cents. You remember this because I had a job at the grocery store, so I didn't have a lot of money. I get to a red light. True story. That stupid song by Celine, uh, what's her name? The song they played in the whole movie about near and far, wherever they went, that song was playing. 50 times that comes on in my car and I am a grown man. I'm sitting in my car thinking about I just lost a girl that I did I'd want to go out with. I'm broke. She's never going to talk to me and she didn't for like 10 years through Facebook. One day she finally forgave me. Well, once she seen the humor in it all, you, you know, because it was humorous to me, not to her. And she forgave me. I'm sitting in my car crying to a Celine Dion song. Thank you, Amber. And I tell that story not because of that part of the story in my life. I tell you that because in Katie's story, she had told me she had watched that movie three times that weekend. Students don't have an attention problem. Just like adults don't have an attention problem. What we have is a passion problem. We put our time our effort, our energy, everything that we are into what we're passionate about. 
And if you weren't passionate about God writing your story before I shared this with you this morning, please understand you should be passionate that Jesus Christ tells the truth. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in the world. Be courageous. I have overcome the world. And when we look at the cross, we're able to say, Jesus, this happened to you. He can identify with everything that we have been through. Through the suffering that Jesus endured that day means we don't have to endure our suffering alone. That we can indeed overcome through Him. How? Well, that's our last point. When God is the author of your story, you can overcome. I understand in this story that God is writing. Every single day I understand the best is yet to come. It is the way that I am able to understand the things that I have went through as a child. That I went through those things so now that I may have go to students who are going through the same things. And they can process that hurt and understand that you don't have to go through this alone. There is Jesus. There is a community. There is church that you can identify with. You're not alone. I remember one of my students came up to me one time and told me she was moving to Florida. And you would have thought her world was wrecked. And it was wrecked. I remember it. I remember her crying. I remember her afraid. I remember the phone call. I remember the text. I remember everything. Of course she was scared. She was leaving every single friend that she had. And this is a close-knit youth group. And I understand that. And I remember telling her, look, give God a chance to write your story. Give God a chance to write your story in Florida. I know it sounds crazy, but just give him a chance. Whatever you're going through this morning, whatever it is that you're hurting, the suffering, the pain, give God a chance to write your story. It may not make sense now, but I promise you, through him, you can overcome whatever it is that you're going through. Listen to what he said. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. If it ended there, it would be disastrous, but it didn't. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. We wake up and we think, I don't deserve this. I wake up thinking, I know I deserve wrath. But God give me mercy. God gave me, God gives me hope every single day day we live in a culture where people if they're not happy with their job they just leave if they're not happy with what they're doing they just do away with it they're not happy with their marriage they go find somebody else they're not happy with the friendship they'll get rid of this friend they're not happy with this not happy with that we just leave 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 we're not happy with church it's the church's fault we leave we never look at the passion issue in our life we never look in our life and say hey am i truly 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 trusting jesus to overcome the things in my life whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whether it's loss, whether it's pain, whether it's hurt, whether somebody has betrayed you. We never give Jesus the chance to write that story and finish it because the best is yet to come. My story does not end with an alcoholic father and a mental ill mother. My story does not end with a bout of depression that lasted almost two years. My story will not end in anything that happens from this day forward because the best is yet to come. See, God is the author of my story, and I pray that he's author of yours. Because if he is, you know, and I know, this is not the end.
Romans 8, 35 through 38 is waiting. Then come back to the stage. I want to read this to you. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are more than conquerors through him. Why? Because he told us in John 16, 33, hey, don't lose heart. You have peace. Be of good cheer. Whatever your translation says, it ends with this. I have overcome the world. Or I have conquered the world. You serve a powerful, powerful God. A God that raised people from the dead. A God who took his son and gave him as a sacrifice and called him back up with him. Sent the Holy Spirit down and said, you'll never, ever, ever be alone. You can't overcome. And I don't know if you've ever shared your story with your life group or shared your story with your friend or shared your story with anybody that's important to you. But I am telling you that through your story, never underestimate what God can do to change a life. A girl reached out to me in fifth grade. Thank you, thank you. And her family took me in and I can't tell you how amazing it was to have somebody live their life out their faith out and say hey my family wants you and they took a kid in that they didn't even know a mother a father and two daughters Every Christmas, every holiday, that's where I go back. Every time I go home, that's the family. That's my family. God wrote the story. And God said, I'm not done. I'm not through. Check this out. I want to end with this. This is how cool God can overcome. God moved me and my family to Nashville, Tennessee through a job. We started going to the Fellowship of Two Rivers. That's where we started out at. This was years ago, five years ago, I think, and, and we were there for a couple of years, and Scott had stepped down as youth pastor and became campus pastor, I think, how, and then all of a sudden there was an opening at Two Rivers, and my wife and I sit there and discussed, and my wife's like, are you ready to get back into student ministry? And I'm like, I don't know. I think so. And as I was putting together my resume, it hit me, and God just said, stop. I promise you. It was like, God said, stop. No. Same part of your story. If I was writing a story, I wanted to. But when we let God write a story, we figure out real quick we're not in charge. God called Eric over to Two Rivers. Fast forward a few years later, I'm helping a friend out at his church build the youth ministry has and we have a community event through my prophet think the change with all the nonprofit that was born through the scars and the hurt and the pain of my childhood and I think who do I get to lead music this is so cool I didn't realize this until this morning who do I get so I reached out to Aaron Lloyd 
And me and Aaron had lunch, and Aaron's like, I can't make it. It wasn't part of God's story. He said, but I got some people that can. Do you know Wade and Julie Williams? It's like, I remember Wade and Julie. Those were the, that was a couple where the wife was colored in the husband. I remember them. I'm just kidding. Wait, I'm just kidding. So, not really. But the thing about it is, they came, they sang in this event, and I was sitting in my recliner, and I started talking to Scott Matthews, the same person I was talking to years ago, and, and I was sitting in a thing. I'd heard that they had had an opening at Mount Juliet, and I was like, hey, y'all have an opening at Mount Juliet for student ministry. He said, yeah, you think about uh, putting your name in the hat? And I'm like, no. I just texted you because I missed you. I put my name in the hat. And I remember I had lunch with Lynn one day. And Lynn intimidated me back then because he was just taller and he just didn't say a whole lot of words. But Tammy's sitting there thinking, what? I got home and wife said, how'd it go? And I was like, oh, I didn't get the job. I'm not getting that job. I don't think he liked me. He, he just, because he, Lynn never lets you know his cards, you know? Sure enough, I got the phone call that changed my life again forever because God landed me here where in his story in my life, the time that he was writing where it was meant to go and where it was meant to be at the exact time that it was meant to happen. And I was sitting there preparing for this, this, this sermon this morning and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, who was leading worship this morning? same people that I asked the path that God wrote this story to bring me here at the fellowship I even went to find out Lynn's not intimidating it's like one of the most lovable people ever and that God put me here for a purpose because where I'm weak at he is strong so I learned and I'm learning so much whether it's through him whether it's through Aaron whether it's through Ben Jimbo all these people that God has surrounded me I'm not alone I never will be alone again because God is writing my story and I am learning just to sit back and enjoy the ride and there's going to be bumps along the way and hurts and pains and suffering but I now know that I can overcome. Why? Because Jesus has overcome. Because Jesus is in charge. Because Jesus will always be in control. There is no fear. There is nothing that scares him. There is nothing that bothers him. There is nothing that catches him by surprise. You can overcome through the power of Jesus and the story that God is writing.